Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Therapy is Life. The thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is what we do. I have Dr. Bobby Armstrong with me again and Tony Miller, sometimes professionally known as Anthony Miller. But we'll go get Tony today, right? So we're going to continue this discussion about the Black church and mental health. That's right, y'all. This is so important because... So many of us are struggling with mental health concerns, and we're going to our pastor. In fact, research suggests that about 90% of African Americans, no matter what is going on with them, they believe that their pastor is the person they need to go get an answer from. So with that being said, I want to give you guys something to think about. I have a 27-year-old African-American male who is depressed, has suicidal ideations. Uh, he's been in church his whole life. His father is a pastor. Uh, he's a great musician. He's doing quite well for himself. Everybody looks up to him. But he feels like he has no one to turn to to talk about his depressed, his depression, his suicidal ideations. When he tried to speak to someone, he's always heard these messages like, well, man, you got to have a little more faith. You need to go and pray about it. You need to uh, trust in God. And as a result, the deeper and deeper he has these depressive feelings, it just eats at him like a cancer, tearing him apart until one day he attempts to take his life. Brothers. Does this sound like something that happens in the modern day church? Oh, very yes. much so. Oh, yes. yes. Very much More so. More often than we think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sadly, just too often. Um, in your description, I heard that he was a PK kid. Yes. So he's a pastor's kid. Yes. That stood out to me. That stood out to you, yeah. That stood out to me. Uh, because here it is, his father, who he could freely go to, he chooses not to. Or either there's been some type of rejection. There may be a stigma in the house uh, as to going to see a mental health uh, professional. There's no need to go talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong with you. All you need to do is pray. Um, pastors, uh, black families, black church, uh, we, we have to get out of this thing of just pray about it. It's okay to pray. I'm all for praying. 
I'm all praying. But there are some things that the pastor just cannot address. Number sure. one, he's not equipped. He's not educated in the field of psychology. And if he is, he's going to be more lenient uh, towards the religious aspect and not treating the mental health aspect. Gotcha. We got to okay. bring the balance there. You got to bring some balance. Can you elaborate a little bit more in, uh, on this idea of stigma? What yeah. that is? Yeah. What that means? Well, I mean, the, the church, you, I've heard pastors get up there and preach. You don't need to see a psychologist. Bring it to the altar. I've heard him preach this. I have a recording from 1974 of a minister preaching. You don't need a psychiatrist. All you need is the bishop. Gotcha. All you need to do is go ahead, Tony. You want to? Yeah. yeah. So I often tell my clients that uh, you can go to the altar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But what typically happens is as soon as you get up, mm -hmm. that issue that you tried to leave there mm -hmm. follows you back to your seat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, McGee, you mentioned faith. Well, people have different degrees of faith. Right. And if you, the thing about faith, it says without works, it's dead, right? Right. So the works part is maybe I'm getting a little ahead of, ahead of myself, but no, you the works ahead. part is the works part is I need to work on myself with someone who is compassionate and who can understand my issue and help me treat it so that I could get better. That that's the work part. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, when I listen to you guys talk, I think that stigma is really reinforcing the shame and guilt many of us feel when we do have mental health issues, whether it be depression, anxiety, because we feel like we shouldn't feel that way. Although when you read the Bible and you hear uh, the uh, uh, stories of the Apostle Paul talking about this war within his members, he's struggling with something. Yeah, I mean, oh, even Saul, King Saul, yes, he lost, his, lost his mind. You know, yeah, and, and David was deeply depressed, right? You, you, you hear depressed. all these examples of people in the scripture mm -hmm. having struggles with their emotional state. Mm -hmm. I, I would even go as far as to say, let's look at something when it comes to people seeing a therapist or seeking out other type of services. You know, when I think about the story or not the that David, not David, I'm sorry, correct. When I think about Paul and Peter. They both were men of God, mm -hmm. but they had a different set of physical gifts. And as a result of their different physical gifts, they could reach a different set of people. Peter couldn't do what Paul did because naturally he didn't have his set of gifts. You know, I enjoy ministry, mm -hmm. but the intimacy of being a therapist mm -hmm. means that I can sit down with someone and talk about, talk with them about what's going on with them in a non-judgmental, intimate way and get to understand what's going on with them. When you put your chapter, text, and verse together and you, you open up and with your sermon, you say, oh, these emotions. And you begin to talk about Jacob and Esau and how Esau got all caught up in his emotions. You may not touch everybody's intimate experience, but as a therapist, let's walk through your life. 
Yeah, I mean, it's and you know, it's a safe, it's a safe place to do so. Right. right. You know, and I think the more that the black church accepts therapy or even a faith-based therapy. I mean, that's what I am, a faith-based therapist, you know. Right. The more we accept it, the more our people will want to go out and seek the help that they need on that level. Look, man is triune. We're mind, body, and spirit, if we want to subscribe to that, right, or ascribe to that. So if you have a doctor for your physical body, mm -hmm. why not have a doctor for your mind? Jesus himself had a doctor on staff. Mm. We, we, we tend to forget this, that the Apostle Luke was a physician. Exactly. It doesn't say what kind he was. It just said Luke the physician. Exactly. So if Jesus was wise enough, and we consider him to be the son of God, to have a physician in his intimate circle of men, even one of the books of the Bible is named after this man, two books, really. Uh, what's wrong with having a physician today? It's very telling that a pastor will, tell, will pray for a member, but then tell them, well, make sure you follow your doctor's orders. Why can't we do the same thing with the mental health professional? I'm, I'm going to go back to this. <laughs> this idea that uh -huh. we see... When it comes to mental health, if I see someone for that, mm -hmm. then I there there must be something deeply wrong with me that I'm 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 crazy is the word we like to use, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what's been instilled in us. Yes, that's been instilled in us that we're crazy. That we're we're crazy, and you know, being black folk, we have been through a lot. We've been traumatized, and you're mm -hmm. not gonna tell me that I'm crazy. So I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to avoid any stigma that there's something deeply wrong with me. So going to see a therapist is not something I want to do. And when I go to church and I hear, look, you know, you just gotta have a little more faith. You gotta trust in God, and you know, it just reinforces that idea to stay away from the therapist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just reinforces it. But then you're still sitting there with the same issue. Yeah, yeah. You're still sitting there depressed. You're still sitting there anxious. You're still sitting there dealing with the trauma. You're still sitting there coming from a traumatic childhood that you were not able to process through. None of the stuff, as, as Brother Tony said, when you leave it at the altar or you think you're leaving it at the altar, is still getting back up with you because you're carrying it with you. One thing uh, an old mentor of mine said, he said, you have to give your pain a voice. Give your pain a voice. You go to the doctor, your knee is hurting. He's going to mash and touch and poke and prod. And he wants to see exactly where the pain is coming from. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you say, oh, that's where it is right there. Then he knows what area to work on. Exactly. Absolutely. So uh, I want to piggyback off what you said, Dr. Bobby. When we go to see a physician, it's usually a pain point mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that can be relatively easily diagnosed, Correct. depending on the experience of the physician. Mm -hmm. So if it's a knee, if it's an arm, if it's a leg, something in your chest, or they can 
put you under that thing and, and yeah, die, yeah. read it, right? That's right. But when it comes to depression, it can't be seen. That's it. Anxiety, you can't put a microscope up to somebody or put the little thing up and say, okay, breathe. Let me see if I can hear anxiety. You right. can't hear it. So the person has to talk it out. They have to give it a voice. Mm. So what you just said, don't you think that at the essence of what being spiritual is all about is, is understanding things that cannot be seen but yet felt. So isn't it, isn't it, isn't that where where it connects? Because mental health speaks to the part of us mm-hmm. that also our spiritual sense speaks to that mm-hmm. part of us that cannot be seen in our heart and in our mind. Mm-hmm. But we can't be afraid to express it. Yes. That's where the that's where the trepidation comes in. We're afraid. So many of our people are afraid to admit I was molested as a child, not not me personally, but they're afraid to admit that. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to admit, yeah, I saw my mom slipping out on my dad. They're afraid to admit that they're afraid to admit, you know, I feel like I'm a failure. Right. You see that trepidation right there, right? So what do they do? They compartmentalize it. They carry it around for years and years and years and years. And then when they get to a boiling point, then here it comes explosive. Exactly. You see? But if we have been taught, give your pain a voice. If there's something that's making you feel a certain way, be aware, self-aware. Be in touch with your feelings, right? Mm -hmm. We're not taught that. Exactly. In the black church, because this is what we're talking about. Yes. You wanted to say we're something? We're taught. I lost my about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back. So giving a voice to something, learning the, the language of our feelings and emotions are in, important. You know, sometimes you might think, though, in church, we're taught so often to suppress or to sacrifice our feelings and our emotions that if we actually feel something that there's something wrong with that you know um i remember working with a couple and in the process of doing this this therapy and and trying to figure out what was wrong because they was in this place of kind of meaninglessly meaninglessly going through this relationship and when i asked the husband like what was he looking for it was almost as if, you know what, I'm, um, I'm making these sacrifices. I love my wife. And, you know, there's nothing that I really want. I say, but y'all in my office, there's something that you want. What, what do you feel? Well, the more I listened to him, the more I realized his fundamental philosophy came from his church experience. And, and, and he wasn't connecting with what he really wanted because he thought this being this, quote unquote, sacrificer of his own feelings was what he should do. So he really couldn't articulate to his wife what he needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when and we give a voice to our feelings, yeah. it gives us a place to actually define yeah, yeah. and identify to somebody else what's going on with us. Then we become more effective communicators. And this is why literacy is important right. in the church and the black community, right? Because we have what I call 
this is just me now, what I call expression blocking phrases. You ask someone, well, take for instance, your couple. Well, what is it that you want? Nine times out of 10, they're going to say, I don't know. And they shut down. I see it every day. Exactly. But that phrase, I don't know, is a way for them to stop expressing how they feel. Because one or two things, either they don't know how to express it or they don't have the words to express it because they're not aware of what they're feeling. They don't know what they're feeling. Right. So we have so many thought blocking phrases that has been taught to us. Oh, I don't know. Oh, nah, man, it, it ain't nothing. Right. You know, right. that lingo. Right. Right. And we want to keep up black men. We want to keep up the macho stance, right? Oh, man, I, you know, I'm just going through a little something. It ain't nothing, man. But deep down inside, you're crumbling. Right. Exactly. You hear the pain of voice. You got to get the pain of voice. Let me let me ask you guys something. You want you you want to add anything to that? Uh, let me ask you guys a, a question. In your experience as a as a clinician, as, you know, obviously, have you found that your spiritual environment has been kind of um, creating putting pressure on you? Or making you feel that you shouldn't put these ideas out there, that you shouldn't encourage uh, mental health consciousness. It shouldn't be a part of your ministry. No, I think in some aspects, the younger generation of pastors that I am coming in contact with are more are more open. Okay to mental health uh, uh, and, and, and putting people on a mental health journey for, for healing. Um, there are so many within my church organization who are clients, uh, you know, and, and I think just society as a whole, the era, we're in an era of social media. Mental health is now really being promoted. Uh, even in the church, uh, you see it all the time even for people who really don't need it, you're, you're seeing some kind of commercial, you know, or you're seeing some kind of advertisement. Um, you know, Dr. Tima Bryant, uh, who is a good friend. Uh, she is the sister of Dr. Jamal Bryant. She mm -hmm. is a pastor mm -hmm. and she's the APA president this year. That's you know, so I think, it's opening more. It's opening up more, and the stigma is becoming less uh, painful. Mm. You know, uh, so I think there's more of an acceptability now than there was. So, McGee, are you saying in our own practices? Well, I'll, I'll just tell you from my perspective. Sometimes when I know a client needs a little bit more than what we've talked about, mm -hmm. I'll ask them. Is it okay if I pray with you? Is it okay if I say, say a prayer? And 99.99% of the time, they always say yes. Mm -hmm. And when I pray, I don't require them to say anything. And mm -hmm. I, I usually end it in Jesus' name. And usually, man, they'll say, thank you. Mm -hmm. I needed that. 
My younger daughter, she has a T-shirt that says Jesus and therapy. And mm. Dr. Bobby, what you just said, more and more young people, yes, the 20 and 30 year olds, mm -hmm. as wild as they can be sometimes. Yes. They are starting to understand that therapy is a good thing for their lives. It is. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you, you hit the age bracket just right. It's the 20 and 30 year olds. Uh, who are seeing the, the importance of therapy. Um, in my practice, the majority of my clients are in that 20 to 30, maybe late 30 age range. Um, I mean, and I have them from children to college students to young adults. You know. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We're going to continue this discussion in our next episode. We're going to talk about some things we can do to continue to improve the relationship between the black church and the mental health profession.